Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief the recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. This is part two of the episode with Sam Newman. If you haven't listened to part one, make sure you do as we discuss Sammy's upbringing and his football career. During episode two, we discuss his transition from football to fame. He became a household name of the Australian media for starring the footy show, and his segment, Street Talks, was largely why the fans tuned in for the show. More recently, you can catch Sam via his Instagram and podcast, You Can't Be Serious. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review. The support goes a long way in helping our podcast reach more listeners like yourself. Let's get into today's episode. In your work life, this is a good one, what makes you angry? What are your pet peeves? Ignorance. Yeah. Stupidity. Ignorance is probably, and people who aren't logical. You cannot sit down and have a conversation with someone because there are many topics that people disagree on, uh, particularly political uh, in politics and sport. Maybe religion, there's plenty of things that people um, disagree on, but if you have a discussion or even a, a robust discussion or even an argument with people and they're not logical, you, you will go nowhere. Um, never argue with idiots because they'll beat you down to their level and, 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 and beat you in experience. Yep. This is good advice. What's your favourite way to spend your day off? This is a, obviously COVID-free world. Oh, yeah, COVID-free <laughs> no to do uh, at the moment. Yeah, well, I, well I, I'm an outdoors person. I like to play golf, a bit of boating. Yeah. Um, You've still got your, your famous bit of boat or ship? Yeah. No, I have, a, I have a boat. But yeah. uh, for some extraordinary reason, now this is, this is the world we live in, for some extraordinary reason, COVID notwithstanding, you aren't allowed to go out on a boat you own. Can you tell me what that is about? Can you tell me why? You couldn't go out on your own on a boat. Uh, that, that, that is beyond me. Why, why can't you on your own go fishing? Why on your own can't you go and play golf? Why can't you play tennis? Um, and yet you can do a whole lot of other things. Um, we are being hoodwinked by people who just make it up as they go. But we're generally law-abiding abiding citizens. We're not into civil disobedience, so we don't arc up that much. But we sit and we are gobsmacked at some of the things people say that you can and can't do. And um, God knows where it's going to end. Yeah. yeah, it's a tough tough one at the moment. Well, hopefully, we, yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge is we don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel, do we? We don't know for halfway through. Uh, the big or... challenge is that the people who tell you they don't know where the light is at the end of the tunnel do nothing to try and work out who are the people at risk and who are the people not really at risk, and why can't they get on with some sections of their life while other people should be monitored and told that they uh, must isolate or whatever. That's people who are old, yeah. like me, people who are yeah. vulnerable, who have underlying just a blanket shutdown of everyone, except for people who work in the public service, uh, the construction industry. I mean, if you just think about what is going on in this plan, who is asked? to stay indoors and who is allowed carte blanche to do what they like. It is, it is a, just a joke. And as I say, we're being, um, we're being treated very um, irrationally at the minute. Shout out to Melburnians and, and Sydney and those doing it tough. What's your uh, favourite holiday destination and why? Another one, COVID-free world. Where do you love to go around the world? 
Well, I, I, I've been to every continent on the planet, and uh, I only say that because the uh, one of the one continent that not a lot of people have been to is the Antarctic. I went down to the Antarctic uh, five or six years ago. Uh, I left from Argentina, went on a French ship called the La Boreal, went down for a week into the Antarctic, which got out, walked on the continent down there. That was extraordinary. But favourite destination? Um, uh, I, was, I don't have a favourite destination. I like to go and explore them all, just uh, see how um, parts of the world live. Um, tell you what, you'd be hard-pressed to find a better continent to explore than the one you live in. Uh, go up north to the Kimberleys, go west, go anywhere in this uh, great country we live in, uh, sort of great country at the minute we live in, um, stumbling a bit where the laughing stock, this country is the Melbourne, is the, the laughing of stock of the world yeah. at the minute. Uh, when you see some of the reports they say about and about uh, how we're being asked to live, it's embarrassing. Uh, but that's a political statement probably, isn't it? We don't want to get too political. Oh, we can do it, whatever. Yeah, we can. Whatever you want to talk about. Uh, Troy Jones, he's one of our members on the is Academy he? platform. Was a He said, this is his question, was strength and conditioning a key focus for you and the teams you played on? If so, what would you do? What was strength, strength and conditioning? Like fitness yes. training. Yeah, no, we, we, uh, yeah, no, that's a good question. Because uh, when I started, I was... Uh, probably about the same height, but I was about, uh, I was pretty thin. And I did a lot of uh, uh, strengthening, strengthening work, a lot of weights. Um, uh, because Specifically what, like, was bench press the focus? Yeah, bench press, yeah. Bench, bench pressing, leg presses, uh, yeah. but certainly upper body work because uh, in the ruck you're there, but try to uh, ha have a happy medium between not losing your mobility and your spring uh, yeah. as to some upper body, body strength. And we did um, uh, plenty of endurance uh, running and uh, used to go down to the um, uh, sand hills down at Portsea and Ocean Grove and Barnheads in the summer. And people say, oh, it wasn't that strenuous in those days. I can tell you, we, we used to have um, probably a little longer off than they do these days. I think they get about six weeks off now. The players, we probably would start as soon as the new year started, uh, after Christmas. So you get sort of, depending on. So October anyway. Yeah. Through the yeah. Well, good uh, chunk, twelve, yeah. three months. Um, if you play around. No, we were asked to. We were, we were still asked to. Uh, Just talking about moving that direction back to that. Yes, uh, absolutely. People jump into the lifeboats. They think because we've got so many conditioning coaches and so many dietitians and so many um, psychiatrists telling you what you should and should do that we we just over there's, there's no need to overtrain yourself. You. Uh, Getting to a game in your peak fitness and your uh, peak keenness and peak fitness on game day is what it's about, not driving yourself into the ground over the summer for no real reason, no real reason. You can, uh, if you are sensible and are interested in uh, uh, being as good as you can be, you're not going to let yourself go too much over the summer. I and mean, if you are, you're probably not going to get a game. So it's a catch-22. Do the right thing and you'll get a game. Don't do the right thing and you won't be in the sport. So um, um, conditioning yourself and uh, looking after yourself, but uh, and would you would you do that stuff with the team, or would you do a bit of it yourself? Uh, both. We were, yeah. we were given we were given assignments to do on your own, and if you didn't do them, you couldn't. When you all met together to be recorded with your times and your strength and your fat uh, roll fat rolls or whatever, oh, yeah, fat, yeah. Yeah. skin um, folds, those skin folds. You they, they, we had all that 
still in those days. And yep. People would say, well, you haven't been doing the work. So it was uh, generally, that's what you, t- if, when you're a team, if you're an individual, you can decide, oh, well, I'll let myself go. I won't do it. That's up to you. But if you're a team, plus the strength and the, um, that the camaraderie of being in a team you know, that you don't want to let the people you play down with. So you all step to the plate and do your own business and, uh, and try and not be the weak link in the chain. Yep. And you mentioned early days you, you wanted to put on muscle and but while maintaining your spring, yeah. there'll be young footballers tuned in. Yep. Um, how did you go about that goal? Did you do it, you know, were you doing extra sessions? Did you just focus yeah. on bigger no, intensity? I used to, yeah, yeah, no, I used to do a lot of extra uh, training, certainly weights. Yep. Um, but, but but the way the game is played these days, it has changed. It's become a much more uh, uh, an aerobic uh, yeah, sport yeah. these days, and uh, and I I'm, I don't I don't want you to people to misconstrue this, but it is just physically not not as tough. Now that is just a fact because um, uh, you're not allowed to bump people uh, as hard as you like. But and they say you've used too much force. You're not allowed to sling people. You're not allowed to shepherd people. Uh, there are so many stringent rules and safeguards now on uh, this world we live in that uh, it is just not as tough. It's a tough physical game as in aerobic contests, but there's very few tough contests in this game. And there is, and there's very few high marks taken as opposed to what it was in yesteryear because uh, that's not how the game is. a game of keeping off, chipping the ball around and then eventually trying to drive the thing forward. In our day, they used to just kick it down to the power forwards who hopefully would mark it because they'd be one out and um, it was just a different... Uh, whether you think it's a better game or not is really subjective. Going back to your career, you were doing... I know the connection we had was you did a bit of work at Melbourne with my dad as a ruck coach. Mm. Um were you back then? Was your mindset to focus post career a little bit on coaching and pursuing no. that? No, no, so you're no. just sort of helping out. Yeah, no, I went to asked. I went to about uh, five or six different clubs as a ruck coach, only because I was a very good ruck coach. I actually knew yeah, yeah. I knew what would make people good in the ruck and gave them a. Uh, I never told people how to play, but I only suggested there'd be logical things to do if you played in the ruck, because a ruckman's first job is to get his hand on the ball and try and hit it to someone in the same colour jumper. Mm-hmm. I would suggest that you'd ask most people who ruck, coach rucks these days what their goal is, and they'd have no idea. They'd no, have no idea how to tell their uh, the player they're instructing or suggesting things to how to go about getting the ball, uh, how about uh, knowing where to hit it, uh, and, and and you should play people on their weaknesses, not on their strengths. Work out what the person you're playing on weaknesses are, and uh, play to those weaknesses. But um, so I went uh, from, um, I did Essendon um, uh, and uh, the person that I would use as a role model was Simon Madden, who was actually unbeaten in the ruck. Mm-hmm. In his la- latter part of his career was just unbeatable because mm-hmm. he had the technique and knew how to use it. And besides being a great ruckman, he kicked 450 odd goals, I think. So he probably become a legend of the game at some Absolutely. stage. I will. I don't know yeah. if there's any better player than Simon Madden going around at this stage. Yeah. Um, um, and I went to Melbourne. I went to Footscray. I went to uh, where else? Hawthorne. Spent a lot of years at Hawthorne. So um, I, I didn't seek those positions. I was just asked to do it and did it. You yeah. mentioned your physical side that you worked on um, with your with your strength work and your spring and your conditioning. 
what about your craft? Like, who, who, what were players that were instrumental and helped, like, sort of mentor? Uh, well, my, my, my great hero in life, uh, let alone football, was a strange, isn't it? And I get called a lot of things um, uh, because I have an opinion about people, uh, about people, not where they come from or what their race is or whatever, just about people. But my greatest inspiration and um, role model in life was an Indigenous man called Graham Polly Farmer. Mm. I watched him play football. I played with him for five, four or five years at Geelong. Watched how he went about uh, playing in the ruck. Um, was a very good friend of his. And uh, he is, uh, as I say, my, my greatest inspiration possibly in life because he overcame tremendous adversity to be the star player he was. Mm. And he uh, overcame, never heard him ever, never heard him ever um, racially abused, either on the ground mm -hmm. or off it. Never heard anyone yell out things to him over the feds, um, unless anyone, I'd never heard him, I played with him a lot. And he, uh, he was just a fantastic player and a great man. And, and another one for the developing footballers, so you, you, were, you, know, you were influenced by this guy, how did you build a, a relationship where he would help your game? Was it no, you ask him? He no, would help you no, I just, I, you just I, watched him. I watched him. Yep. I watched, and I we, we trips. A club would you go on trips together? I was one of his in, in his in a circle of friends, but he wasn't wasn't over. You know, didn't didn't uh, didn't take you too much into his uh, in in a circle. He was just a fairly private man. Mm -hmm. But I watched him play and I had first-hand experience of how he went about doing what he did and because uh, he was a great player, plenty of people, opponents used to snipe at him and belt him, and, but he was good. He was uh, the best and um, he's the best player I ever saw or played with and against. And um, so, so he was my absolute inspiration about yep. for me lasting as long as I did in football. And, and what about the... Uh your media role, was that, did you have an influence with that one or was that just you learnt as you went? No. Because you sort of, was no. quite unique in how you did it. So yeah, no, we never never had any training to do that, never yeah. never prepared for it. Uh, it's not because I wasn't interested or disinterested in uh, um, preparing or going through rehearsal. We never rehearsed anything. I, I hated. Just uh, be just, yourself. Just be yourself. Your first <laughs> yeah. thought, your best thought. If you have to work at being humorous or trying to think up funny things to say or uh, just to do it. And um, it's not, as I say, I'm not saying I was successful at it. I survived by doing it that way, but plenty of people can't do anything unless they have notes and read sheets and guide. I never did any of that. And, um, Which makes sense as an athlete. You well, can't I have just, a script, can you? No, no, no good at it. Can you just transfer that into the... Into the media world, they're both performance in different ways. Like, what about from the? We've talked about the physical side, the craft. What about the mental side? Like, when you've got a big event, like let's say grand final footy show mm -hmm. or, or or a finals game, would yep. you do anything different? No, on no, big events, no, it's the same different. Uh, people, people did a lot of things different. The people running it said, "Oh, now you got to do this and do that." I just, I, I never knew why you'd have to do anything different about doing whatever you did. You just yeah. go and do it. Um, it's like the cliche, it's just another game. Yeah, well, it is another game. And yeah. some people say, oh, the five played in plenty of finals. And they'd say, yeah, why are the finals different? And they'd say, oh, well, it's, it's more nerve-wracking. I said, no, I don't know that it's more nerve-wracking playing in the final. I'm pretty nervous playing against any home and away game. I'm trying to beat the person I'm playing on. That's enough. That was enough to get my attention. Yeah. Um, uh, 
people put a lot of pressure on you because they're excited and they, they, they want to have success, but I'm not sure why they want to have success any more than the first game of the year than the last game of the year. Mm. You want to be successful. Mm. But people have a people say, oh, no, fine. Well, not sure why they're different, but people say they are, so we tend to believe it. Yeah, there's a good message in that, I think. Well, what you say, so, so, so I don't know when this is, <laughs> when you're putting this up with. Uh, the, the, the grand final will be played between Melbourne and Footscray. Now, they'll be pretty nervous because, uh, well, Footscray, well, Western Bulldogs have won a, won a couple of, two or three years ago. Melbourne not for 57 years. Uh, would Melbourne, would the pet players playing for Melbourne be any more nervous? Would any, not nervous, would they be any more desirous of being successful than probably the first game they've played this year? to start the run to the finals. Uh, round one this year, would they be any more desirous of winning a game than they would be? So how, if they are more desirous, would they run harder at the ball? Would they try and kick the ball longer? Would they try and kick it straighter when they have a shot at goal? Would they try and, what would they try and do differently in round one as opposed to grand final day? They'd do nothing differently. Uh, people expect the pressure to be on them because of the that the trophy is there to take after 57 years. But if that makes you play harder or better or stronger or run longer than the first game you played in for the year, you shouldn't be there. Mm. <laughs> it's just uh, I don't understand that logic. Yeah, yeah. People will put pressure on them and make it more important. Externally. But you inside, in yep. your heart, you shouldn't think it's any Every more game. different. It's yep. any more different. It's any different. Yep. Hmm. And who are you tipping? Who do you think's going to win? Do you think? Well, firstly, do you think the best two teams are in for our grand final this year? Well, I hope so because um, if uh, you think the second two, the, sec, the third Geelong and fourth and best side, Geelong and Port, if they, yeah. if they are a yardstick as to how the competition's going, what a disgraceful exhibition great. by those two sides, by Geelong and Port Adelaide. They should be ashamed of themselves. And I played in uh, finals where we got belted, and so people said they should be ashamed of me and us who I played poorly in a finals game where we got flogged by Richmond. Happy to cop the criticism. But Geelong and Port Adelaide were disgraceful. Uh, just just pathetic. Uh, just a pathetically prepared side. So they were a disgrace. They put the competition back five years, those two sides, those two games. Mm. So I'm telling you, no one would have, now you could, no one will have any idea who went out of the Western no, Bulldogs, Melbourne, if you say, and they sit their eyes all the television shows and they go through the back lines and the players and who they think it made it is just chatter. Mm. No one will have any idea who'd win that game. They'll say, oh, it's great. Western Bulldogs beat Cordell and Melbourne beat Geelong. If you can pick who would win that on any given day, uh, all I'll say is the side that kicks more goals than behinds on the day, it sounds, sounds pathetic, make but if you can make yeah. the most of the opportunities, and uh, so that doesn't get injured. And um, um, seriously, no one would have any real idea who'd win that game. They will give you chapter and verse about why some side will win and why some side won't. And it's just bullshit. Yeah, hopefully it's it a is. good game. Both teams are going with momentum. That's it. And they both play a pretty good brand. We, uh, you know, Let's see. It's going to be different. Obviously, Twilight game in Perth. Hmm. Um, Which is staggering. Are we saying are we saying the game is in Perth and the finals have been in Adelaide because there's not one COVID case? Uh, there's not one person in uh, Perth or Adelaide has got COVID, and that's why we're having a, allowing crowds in there. Have you ever thought how stupid that is? Yeah. Why, on what basis is that? There's crowds going to 
sporting events all over the world. Mm. And all over the world, there's hundreds of thousands of people going to the golf, the Grand Prix, the tennis, uh, the, uh, the the Moto, Moto GP. Uh, mate, it's, we, we, we have COVID-related issues here in Melbourne. And uh, if you're telling me there's not one person in Adelaide or Perth who've got COVID and that's why all the crowds can go, we're being sold a puck, mate. Mm. We've just been, it's just nonsense. It's it is, it's just nonsense. Uh, tip, if you had to tip, uh, if, Melbourne doggies. Or if, I, I, if I had to tip, I've, I've just having said I have no idea, so no one has any idea. I'll tell you that, they'll tell you that they have an idea and, and when they tip Melbourne to win or Western Bulldogs to win and they win to say, I told you so, and they're just speaking absolute nonsense. Okay. If I if I had to tip something, if I had to put, and you always gamble responsibly, if I had to put $5 on someone, I'd probably put it on Melbourne. Yep. And when they got beaten, I'd say, that's fair enough. I had no idea why I said tip them. I yep. just thought they might be steered better by one or two people, namely Max Gorn. I was going to ask you about Max Gorn. Uh, Max Gorn is a... That was a pretty good game by he, he is, by because he is not only a ruckman, he's a follower. Yeah. Uh, there's a subtle difference between being a ruckman and a follower and I think he probably is probably the best of them, uh, best of the two sides. Ruck and follower. Yes, yeah. ruck and follower. Um, but the Western Bulldogs might work that out and they might have a plan to try and negate him mm. by some way mm. and um, well, they'd be mad if they didn't. But I have no idea, mate. Yeah. No, you still no. watch the footy and everything? No. Have been no. watching the finals? No. I haven't been watching? No. When did you stop? I uh, stopped when the umpires became a, so much of an integral part of the game that they annoyed me. Yeah, and, which, um, what's that, 10 years ago? Yeah, about, about then, seven, years. seven years ago. Wow. Uh, they just, Were you watching this, this in, uh, Their intrusion into the game is uh, just makes it unwatchable. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, that's not a criticism of in individual umpires, that's a criticism of the people who run the comedy, just want them to be as big a part of the game. Uh, it is unwatchable. And mm. some of the free kicks they pay, and for what reason, in this woke world we live in, have just dismantled our game into... Um, a game of uh, non-passive or passive chess, a chess game. It's just uh, so, yep. but that's all right. That's not the game's not set up for people like me to watch. It's set up for millennials and the people who love it and yep. are passionate. We're in your uh, podcast studio. Yep. Um, do you want to tell us about your? Yeah, I do a podcast with them. Um... Apparently, the audio is just playing. I'm just gonna go. Yeah, yeah this is podcast. a studio I do a podcast in with Don Scott called Rocket Law, Rod Law. Rod likes to stand behind the, uh, the camera and not get on camera, but he's an integral part of our show. We used to do it with Mike Sheehan, but he withdrew after um, uh, a, a, a controversial uh, podcast we did about uh, wondering why Nicky Winmar lifted his jumper up at a game 30-odd years ago out of Victoria Park. Uh, for some reason, we got into... Um, uh, some controversy over even discussing why he lifted his jumper up, um, but we had a very uh, good, um, um, good uh, finale, uh, a very good result from that uh, podcast. Uh, we were uh, sort of vindicated by our very sensible discussion we had, but that's a different matter. So Mick withdrew after that, and um, so I just do it with Don Scott and the Rocket, mm -hmm. and uh, we love doing it because we're not beholden to anyone. We don't have any sponsors. We say what we absolutely like and um, about current affairs, sport. Mm -hmm. uh, we interview people. We had our five millionth download wow. um, a couple of weeks ago. Podbean sent us a congratulatory yeah. 
um, uh, text her saying, because uh, we, we started off just um, just having a few people listen and, and now we have a lot of people listen. That's so, nice. um, yeah, so we don't do it for any other reason than we enjoy it. Yeah. This is the, this is the hat here. This is it. You cannot yeah. be serious. Yes, that's yeah. it there. You Where cannot can be serious. buy the hat? Well, they can't buy the hat. No, uh, they can't buy the hat. My son had this made as a one-off. He got that from overseas. This is smart That's smart as Sam. Uh, smart ass. Smart as Sam. And um, uh, we do it here in this studio, and we do it every week, and we have a guest. Wednesday's your recording day. When, when you do a live recording on Wednesday, when do you publish it? Uh, about uh, half an hour after we Bang, finish it. Yep. 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 Okay. And, uh, so literally and we've had some day. fantastic yeah. guests. Uh, we try and get a, about half an hour on general topics and half an hour on sport, and then we have a guest. And uh, so the guests have been fantastic. And uh, as I say, it's called You Cannot Be Serious, Podbean, iTunes, Spotify. Check it all, out, guys. Yeah, that's what we do. Um, and uh, we've never filmed it before. With uh, This is a sort of a trial run, what we're doing. Yeah, hopefully it works out. <laughs> hopefully, yeah. And uh, what are you excited about for the rest of the year? What, what's, uh, what's got you up and about at the moment? There's a very easy, simple answer to that. Nothing. What has got people up and about uh, toward the end of the year until we're released? This country, this government, either state or federal, well, state, can actually work out how rather than blanketly, just having a blanket shutdown of every single person in this state, rather than trying to work out who are the people at risk and how can we manage a, an economy which will probably never recover, uh, it is lazy just to blanketly shut down everything. No one seems to be worried about that. We're all just like, we're all just like chooks. Apparently this has been muted on and set. There we go. Okay. That should be better there, guys. All right. Mm. Well, no, I'm not very sure good. So we've got anything to look forward to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was looking forward to this. What? This was this is oh, like this. Yeah. Oh, this yeah. Is wasn't it? I'm yeah. not sure this would be a highlight. <laughs> You've got to get a life if this is a highlight. Um, I don't know that there's anything to look forward to until someone tells us there is something to look. Forward to. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Fair enough. Um, and then, so you mentioned you're on Podbean for the podcast every Wednesday, new episode. Yeah. Smarter Sam, is that still a thing? Like in, uh, Smarter Sam, yeah. Smarter that's, Sam. That's, that's the name of my uh, Instagram. Uh, it's called, I don't even know what I'm Instagram. What is my Instagram called? Um, uh, Smarter Sam. No. Original not, Sam. Original yeah. Smarter Sam, yeah. The original Smarter Sam. And then Sam, one yeah. of them was Original Smarter Sam, and the one on Twitter, I think, is Orig, uh, because people, when they see that you're doing something, they pinch all your names. Yeah. And they register them. Yeah, of course, they just try and because they're shitheads. They think, <laughs> yeah, we'll grab his name and we'll we'll write off. In fact, not just me, but they write off the back of people who they think will give them some impetus. So I couldn't register original smartest. I couldn't register smartest Sam because someone registered, uh, beat you to it. So then you have to call yourself original smartest Sam. And then someone uh, got original smartest Sam, so I had to take the... AL off it, I had to put a ridge smarter, Sam, because uh, people just try and trip you up. They're parasites. Mm. They're parasites. They live off those people who um, they imbibe the juices of stronger people. That's what they do. They're parasites. Hopefully. A lot of parasites out there. Yeah, I reckon they'd be tuned into this, though. There's a lot of uh, love hearts and thumbs up being posted mm. through. There are probably just as many um, uh, Waves. just as many as the other. Yeah. Uh, I actually well, used to um, used to read them. Oh, I couldn't be bothered anymore. Now, 
some of the abuse you used to get by people sitting there thinking that they will affect you by what they say. That doesn't matter. They, they think up the worst things they can say about you, thinking that go into a decline or go and crawl up in a corner. It is humorous. Mm. I, I actually, I get more enjoyment out of watching people abuse you and what they think up they can say that they think will affect you, uh, thinking that uh, th those people would affect your life. It's, it's, um, it's quite an interesting exercise in human uh, relations it is that yeah. uh, they get comforted that they think i will tell this man what i think of him and that should make him really worry and he'll go into it to get depressed over it it's it's quite humorous it's mm. um, I, actually it's my source of entertainment i'm not encouraging people to abuse me but if you do uh, please just know, off. please know this now i made it you are about as you're just about you're insignificant and irrelevant and it doesn't worry me well Thanks so much for your time, mate. Thank you, Jack. It's been good. I've enjoyed it. It's been great to share your story and celebrate your full life that you've lived in football and media and yeah. all the things you're now doing with your podcast. No doubt everyone that's tuned in has either learned something with your life motto and the way you go about it where you don't plan and, and overthink it. You just be yourself and do it. Um, just do it. And it's worked yeah. very well, so... It's inspiring, mate, and I've loved sharing your story. So thank you for coming on. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, so I suppose it is, um, it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their end of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, sure yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes. And, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete. Four. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with Academy member Rama Davies, the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome Rama to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So. I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And yeah, thanks, um, thanks, Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful. Plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my my question to you was: you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat, um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things 
Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it, yeah, certainly, yeah, has been massive for me now and, and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is, is gratitude. I spend a lot of my time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts, doing a, a journal every day just to, be, to say what I'm grateful for, sort of three things. And um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to, yeah, like reset and, and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about, you know, that there is more to life than football or, you know, might be whatever as an S&C coach, you know, if something's you're having a hard time, um, it can be massive with just, yeah, opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble. Um, yeah. So that's that's been huge. Um, I think I wish back then when I was younger, I asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things. Mm -hmm. I think I was a bit single-minded back then and, um, you know, I thought there was one way of doing things and um, if I kind of didn't have that fear, fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and i probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah like just yeah being open to sort of different things um because you never know what you might find it's just yeah there's so many people like great people out there knowledgeable people to learn off and there's plenty more where that came from if you would like to learn more then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review, or even share with your mates. The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.